Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. So excited you guys are joining us tonight live. If you're watching this recorded, that's totally okay. Got my Canada sweater on today. And I'm really excited because it's 2021. And in this episode, I'm going to do three things. First, I'm going to give you some announcements about what is coming up for Husband Material in 2021. Second, I'm going to tell you a story from my life, which I've never shared publicly before. And third, I am going to give you five tips, five things, five helpful empowering options that you have, choices you can make instead of porn and instead of just trying not to use porn. So many times when we sexually act out, it feels like I have a choice of either using porn or trying really hard to not use porn. We're not even aware of the other choices we have. And that's what happened to me in my life. So I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to give you the tips, but first announcements. First of all, celebrating one year of husband material of the husband material podcast youtube channel facebook group has been going for nine months and to celebrate that i did a giveaway just to say thank you for listening thank you for sharing these episodes with your friends thank you for reviewing the podcast and i did the giveaway asking for some reviews and to start off I wanted to read one of those reviews because this review encapsulates for me the essence of husband material, what we're trying to do here, why we are here and why it's so special. This review was written on Apple Podcasts by Darren. Darren said, Drew by far is one man who will forever be in my personal hall of champions for men. For the way he has selflessly and excellently and graciously provided a space and a place for men to bring their deepest and darkest wounds and find healing, hope, and love. His word through the podcast embodies the gospel and engages the human condition of stories and traumas of men in a way that I longed for for many years. It is my highest recommended podcast for conversations surrounding sexual integrity. Drew, I salute you for your courage, authenticity, thought, willingness, and obedience. Thank you for the heart and intention you put into helping men outgrow porn and live lives that are pleasing and honorable and glorifying even in the space of our sexuality. Thank you for helping to deconstruct the demonization of our desires and motivations, and for helping us to effectively pursue God through our sexuality as his dear children. I know that was kind of a long review. I wanted to share it because it was encouraging to me, and because that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. And Thank you so much for joining me. So far, we've had 77 episodes and 35,000 downloads, and I feel like we are just getting started. One of the exciting things going on is that for all of you who are not in the Facebook group or you just don't check Facebook very much, I have a new way for you to stay in the loop, and it's really easy. You can get notified about the giveaways and the free live events and the Q&As like the one we have coming up next week with Andrew Bauman or the weekend retreat that is coming up 
on February 26th to 28th. You can stay up to date about all of this just by texting me at 805-398-6170. I know some of you are here tonight because you actually texted in. So um, if you texted in, if you if you got the text message and that's why you were able to come to this live episode, let me know in the chat. I mean, we have 33 people here tonight. That's more than I usually get on a live episode. If you really don't like texting, you can do the old fashioned thing and go on husbandmaterial.com, scroll to the bottom and hit subscribe and you can get emails about this stuff. Marcus says, I used the link in the text to get here, made it so easy. Wonderful. Glad it got you here. Okay, so now let's get on to the episode. I'm going to start with a story from my life when I felt trapped, when I felt like porn was my only choice. Woo, guys, every time we tell our stories, it's hard. Never gets easier. Never gets easier. So I just need to take a moment. Whew. All right, here we go. When I was a teenager, I felt trapped. My family had recently moved from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where I loved life. I had friends. School was challenging me. I went to an all-boys small private school, which was the perfect environment for me. And we moved to Texas to a large public school, which to me felt like a football factory where I was surrounded by crowds of kids and the girls were not wearing very much clothing. The football factory also had a cheerleading department and I hated my life in Texas. I felt like an alien. In fact, I hated myself. I felt like I was unattractive. I remember there was one kid who actually told me, Drew, I bet no girls like you. I was so afraid to talk to any girls. I was coming from this small all-boys school. I felt lost in a sea full of people. I remember going to school every day and just sitting through it, just trying to make it to the point when finally I could get home and spend hours upstairs in my room with the door locked on my computer, playing video games and looking at pictures of the girls, which I fantasized about. The girls with braces when I was in middle school, when I was feeling so far removed, so powerless, so trapped. At lunchtime every day, I remember I would sit with a group of guys because I was too afraid to sit with any girls. And the guys would be looking around the cafeteria ranking the different girls and trying to see a butt crack here or there. So degrading, so dehumanizing. And that was just part of my day. Hated school, hated lunchtime. They had no recess. I went from this small all boys school where we had recess every day to this massive public school where we had to sit in a cafeteria just scanning for some kind of sexual hit. And at this time in my life, when I got home, all I wanted to do was relax, get away from it all, find an escape hatch, find some way out. I felt like I had one choice to make. 
when I get home and I come home and the house is empty and it's just me, I can choose pleasure or pain. Pleasure in my fantasy world of video games and pornography or pain, emptiness, darkness. And I would spend four hours a day upstairs, completely isolated. But in the very middle of my day, the best part of my day was when I just came home from school. When I would come home from school, I would get off the bus, take out my headphones and walk through the gate to my house. And my mom would open up the door and my two dogs, Danny and Abby, would come rushing out to greet me. And they were so excited. They would tackle me. Danny, the dog, would lick my face repeatedly and Abby would be wagging her tail and they would overwhelm me with touch, with unconditional acceptance, with love. And it was the best part of my day. It was like Calvin and Hobbes when Calvin comes home from school and Hobbes tackles him. That's what happened to me every day when I got off the bus and I came home from school in between my own personal hell at school and at lunchtime and with my so-called friends and the fantasy world and the illusion of heaven that I would spend the rest of my afternoon and evening inhabiting in between that heaven, in between that very real hell and that very fake heaven. I had a moment of heaven on earth with Danny and Abby greeting me at the door. Unconditional, always reliable, making me feel loved. And that is where this story begins. It was a weekday morning in February 2008. I was 15 years old, woke up early while it was still dark to get ready for school, and I walked into the kitchen for breakfast. I thought it was weird that my mom was already sitting at the counter waiting for me in the kitchen. After a moment, I realized she was crying. She said Danny died. My dog, Danny. I don't remember what happened next because I was in shock. I was probably weeping. My, my mom said Danny was acting weird during the night. She took him to the vet, but it was too late. An air bubble had popped in his lung. She got to hold him while he died, but I didn't. Danny was only seven years old. He was not an old dog, and I was not ready for it. Danny's death changed me. It wrecked me. Yes, I felt sad, especially when I came home from school to one dog, and only Abby was there to greet me. And so much of her enthusiasm had come from her brother, and now she was looking depressed all alone downstairs. More than that, I felt regret. I regretted all the times when Danny had greeted me with love, and I went straight to my room while he was lying there all alone. I had neglected him for hundreds of hours on my Xbox, on these pornographic websites. My best friend in the world was down there waiting for someone to play with him, to cuddle with him. I could never get that time back. I could have been cuddling with Danny. I could have been taking him and Abby for a walk, but now I couldn't do that anymore and I could never get that time back. And from then on, Video games were completely ruined for me. Retreating to my room and playing a game by myself felt disgusting. And for the first time, I actually became discontent with my sexual behavior. And I began to think, hmm, 
maybe porn is not my best life. My best friend, my dog, was dead. I had slept with him. He had slept with me in my bed. He was my companion since third grade, and now he was gone. And at the same time, my escape hatch from the life that I hated had completely lost its sparkle. I needed another option. I needed a way out. A healthy outlet. Something real. Something healthier. Something meaningful. And Danny's sister, Abby, was still alive, so I started taking her for a walk every day. But I still had way too much time on my hands. Couldn't take her for a walk for four hours a day. I had always loved music. So I went on YouTube. And I started learning to play the piano. At the time, this was 2008, I was listening to Coldplay. A lot of people were reading Twilight, and I thought, hey, Edward Cullen plays the piano. As embarrassing as that is, yes, Edward Cullen motivated me to play the piano. I can't believe I'm saying that in public. (laughs) I was like, what do I do? Can't play video games anymore. I just couldn't stomach it. I feel the disgust in my belly as I talk about it. So I started getting into music. I actually started reading again. I used to read a ton in elementary school at the all-boys school. Ever since I moved back to Texas, it was all video games. So I started reading and I actually started reading the Bible for myself for the first time. Never actually read it before. And the Bible seemed boring and hard to understand. So I started with The Message by Eugene Peterson and I loved it. I actually started journaling talking to God more, started writing poetry again, something I used to love. And shortly after that, I switched schools. I made new friends. The best part was friends who were girls. I didn't fantasize about becoming their girlfriend. I wasn't trying to use them to get what I wanted. I was actually just getting to know them. Learning to have a real friendship with a real girl. Wow, that was huge for me. And slowly, I began to feel like a human being again. Before Danny died, I was using porn every day, sometimes multiple times a day. I had a competition with myself to see how many times I could masturbate in one day, and I got up to seven. But after he died, for the first time, I started getting some distance from the sexual behavior, from porn that was my pacifier, and I started using it less, and it took many years until I finally outgrew it. It was amazing, though, to see how God used this dog to show me maybe there are other choices I can make. Maybe I can find real pleasure in real life, find real power and connect with real people. Maybe real life is better than porn. And it took the death of a dog for me to wake up and realize it. And God did wake me up through Danny's life and death. The whole time God was loving me. He was pursuing me. He was relentlessly coming after me saying, Drew, I love you and I have something better for you the entire time. And because I took my first steps into these other healthy choices, I also took my first steps away from porn toward Jesus, toward a life I didn't even know was available. And when I felt completely trapped as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid, this dog embodied the love of God to me and his death changed me forever. I would love to hear from anybody who's with me tonight. Have you ever experienced the healing power of an animal or a dog? And if so, in the chat, type in that dog's name. 
Henry says, my dogs, Eddie and Bella, are named after Edward and Bella from Twilight. <laughs> awesome. Marcus says, Lucia, I remember her. Roscoe, Spencer, Buttons, Max, Chicken, <laughs> Lola, Sam, Midas, Dick Cootie, Katie Mari, Wigo, Sparky, Spring, Gypsy, Muffin, Maya, Molly, Mitsu. Shane says, I never had a dog, always wanted one, but my parents wouldn't let me. Piper, the most amazing golden retriever. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful how when the adults in our lives are inconsistent or unavailable, a dog can be there. I think in the future, I'm going to have to do an episode on the healing power of animals. Why do I share that story with you? Because I was sleepwalking through my life and I didn't know it. I was just trying to survive the school day, the lunchroom, the bus ride home, and everything that came after the giant empty house. I needed a way out. And I realized through this dog who opened my heart that there was more to life, that I had choices I didn't know I had, that God had something so much better for me. And so that's why tonight I want to tell you about five options that we always have, five choices we can always make, five ways out of porn. We have more choices than we're aware of, maybe than we've ever dreamed of. And we always have the power to choose. We never have to choose porn. It's always a choice. So here are the five choices. You guys ready? If you're watching this live, you now have access to the worksheet I created for this episode. And if you're watching or listening to the recording, you can find this worksheet in the show notes. The five choices we always have, five ways out of porn, five ways to empower ourselves towards freedom. Number one, avoid or attend. Number two, consume or create. Number three, curse or bless. Number four, betray or believe. And number five, lust or love. What do I mean? Well, before we ever get to sexually acting out, there always, always, always is something that we're not just running toward, but running away from. Porn is the solution to some kind of deeper problem, some kind of deeper pain that we're experiencing in our lives. In my case, it was the powerlessness. It was the futility of living in this environment where I was traumatized when we moved to Texas. It was horrible and porn was my way out. So I guess my question for us to begin is, when you turn to porn, what are you avoiding? Or in the past, when you have turned to porn, what were you avoiding? What were you trying not to think about? What were you trying to escape from? What did you not want to deal with? Abandonment, pain and rejection, family issues like my parents fighting, loneliness, depression, shame and regrets, rejection, feeling alone, my parents' divorce, pain of my marriage, recreating my childhood molestation, avoiding conflict, worry, anxiety, sexual abuse, avoiding the feeling 
that I was less of a man. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Here's good news. We don't have to avoid it. We can attend to it. Whatever it is you're avoiding, we actually have the power to become present. What do I mean by attending? What do I mean by becoming present? Well, rather than letting the fear or the shame or the rejection control me, rather than being afraid or being rejected or being bored or being alone, here's what it looks like to attend rather than avoid. What if you could be with the fear? What if you could be with the pain? What if you could be with the shame? Do you hear the difference there? That's what it means to attend. Sometimes we just don't know how to do this. We need someone to come alongside us like a mentor or an ally or a coach or a therapist or a community of people who can be with us in the middle of it. That was the power of my dog. That's the power of Jesus in my life to show up. He is God with us. I see Paulo saying, I was looking for attention. That's what I'm talking about. We can give that attention to ourselves and receive it from others and receive it from God. This is how we stop avoiding stuff. We attend to it. If you understand what I'm saying, let me know in the comments. What does it feel like to be with the feeling rather than to be the feeling? It's a subtle distinction, isn't it? Don says, if I am with it, I am not under it. That's good, right? If I can be with the anger, I'm not being controlled by the anger. I'm being with it. That's good. If I'm even being with the lust, that actually can prevent me from lusting. Isn't that amazing? Just simple mindfulness, awareness, coming to a place of acceptance over whatever it is we're going through in our lives, over whatever it is we've been through in the past. That skill of being with, of attending, is a choice, is an empowering choice we can always make. Jay says, as a counselor, I understand it, but it's hard for me to practice it, especially with loneliness. Oh, absolutely. It is easy to understand. It's hard to practice. And with loneliness especially, because it often feels like me being with this part of me is is just more loneliness. Here's the difference. I once heard it described this way. Isolation is putting myself in a cage. Solitude is putting my distractions in a cage. We can put our distractions in a cage and focus and become present and attend to what's really going on. How do you do that? Great question. We're going to have to do a whole other episode on it. Is that Eddie Caparucci? If so, I think Eddie is saying that is the driving issue for all of us who struggle with porn. No one showed us how to manage the pain and anger. So we learned to run away. Absolutely. Amen, bro. Victor says, be with your body. Your body's not trash. It's a temple. Exactly. Asiel says, I understand it's so simple and yet it's blowing my mind, right? Being with the anger. If I can be with the anger, I don't have to be angry. I can have the emotion of anger and I can learn how to manage it. I can learn how to process it with Jesus, with my brothers in Christ. That's when we start to see results. And guys, we can always make this choice. Even if you've been avoiding something for hours or days or weeks or months, 
It's never too late to attend. You can always come home. You can always come back to your body and just be present. It can be scary. For me as a 14 or 15 year old kid, I did not have the skills or the support to attend to what I was experiencing. It just wasn't safe for me to let that anger out, to let that fear and shame out and be seen. I was not in a place where I had healthy outlets. Now, I was able to do some things though. Whew. All right, that's just choice one, guys. We got four more to get through. Choice number two is consume or create. Now, if I'm avoiding the stuff that's going on in my life, naturally, I'm going to want to consume, distract myself, get my mind off it. I'm avoiding whatever's going on in my marriage, whatever's going on with my parents. I'm avoiding whatever's going on with my job. Let me just get on my phone. Let me just get on YouTube. Let me get somewhere where I can just consume, where I can just receive. I can just be fed and filled up because I feel so empty and I can't stand this. Make sense? Consuming is a passive form of being in the world. And that's what I was doing when I was 14 and 15. I was spending four hours a day of just consuming content. Now, I'm not saying that consuming content is bad. I mean, in some ways you're consuming content just by being here, just by attending this live episode. Now it is live, which means it's actually more active. It's not just passive. I'm asking questions. We're interacting. We're engaging. Now, when we consume stuff, I want you to just be aware of some of the differences between how we consume media. So the type of consumption that is most naturally going to lead to porn is visual. So if you're scrolling Instagram, if you're binging on Netflix, if you're going through YouTube video after YouTube video, that's a natural lead into porn. It's visual. It's very passive. On the other hand, when we are reading or listening to a podcast or having a conversation, it's not as passive. We're actually co-creating the experience in our imaginations. It's part of why reading and audiobooks can be more helpful. It's part of why they can actually be creative. Now that's the choice, consume or create. Am I going to passively avoid my problems or am I going to creatively live my life? And in my opinion, most reading, most listening, most conversation has a more creative quality to it. And this is how we are created, guys. We are created by the creator to be creators. It's how we bear the image of God in the world. And creativity can look so many different ways. This is part of why we have choices that we don't even know. You can write a song. You can do woodwork. I have a client who loves to do blacksmithing. You can bake. You can cook. You can knit. There are so many options besides porn. Where I live in Santa Barbara, I go for a trail run. That is something I create. And you know what? Even when we call an ally, we're still creating something. We're creating a connection. We're creating a conversation. When you guys are on the Facebook group opening up to each other, you're creating a post. That's different. That's not consuming. When you get on Facebook and you start scrolling and you're just going, dur, 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 that's passive. You're choosing to consume. You're probably avoiding something rather than, hey, I'm going to attend to what I'm going through and I'm going to create a post on it. 
Steve says, got to be intentional, not passive. Yep. I would love to know what is one way that you create? What is a creative passion that you have? Type it in there. John says, I create by writing. Gary says, I grow tomatoes and roses. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is fun. Jay says, not something I do, but what I want to do is creating videos and blogging. Yes, Corey says, collaborating with music. Jeff says, building stuff, fixing stuff at home. Andrew says, my job, I draw bridges. That's awesome. Zach says, drawing, painting, writing stories. Marcus says, writing, making YouTube videos. Astiel says, I want to start a podcast. Great. This is one of my creative outlets. This is part of my healing. This is part of freedom from porn. It's not just freedom from the bad stuff. It's freedom in order to be released so we can create, so we can bear the image of our creator. Daniel says, I need to create by painting, drawing, baking, cooking. Victor says, gardening. Uh, Gerald says, composing music. Shane says, getting another college degree. Oh, this just gets me fired up. Mike says, I create with stone, waterfalls, landscaping stuff. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Guys, you see how when we choose to create, we say yes to how God made us and no to what the enemy is trying to trick us into with avoiding and consuming. <sighs> it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So I believe this is a huge category of freedom from porn. Stepping into our creativity. And I define connection as part of that. So we can either choose to consume passively or we can choose to creatively build something or connect with another person. I think that's still a part of creativity and that's part of why making those calls are so powerful. We're choosing to create something, even just creating an experience for myself. You know, Jay Stringer has talked about taking a hot bath, creating an experience for myself, which leads me to the next choice. If I am avoiding my life and just passively consuming media or whatever it is that leads you towards porn, even consuming porn, then I am naturally going to curse myself curse my desires. When I was 14 and 15, I hated my life, hated myself. It was the curse. What if instead of choosing to curse my sexuality, what if instead of choosing to curse these desires that I have and the discontentment that I feel, Curse the shame, curse the fear, curse the loneliness. What if I could bless it? Here's a little bit of what it looks like to choose blessing. I can bless my suffering and say, you know what? I've been avoiding some of the conflict I'm experiencing with my wife right now. I feel like I just wasted 15 minutes on Instagram. What can I bless? I've been through a lot today. It's been a really hard day. I want to bless my suffering. Maybe I have a sexual urge or attraction that comes up. I bless my sexuality. My sexuality is a good thing. And maybe there's a deeper desire underneath that sexuality 
to be accepted, to be known, to be touched, to be loved, to be real, to be honest. I can bless that. I don't need to pursue the urge in order to be able to to bless myself. And, you know, this is why I always end every episode with a blessing. When we are living under the curse, we think, I am such a piece of trash. I might as well use porn. I'm not worthy to make a choice. I'm not worthy to be blessed. What I tell you at the end of every episode is, you are God's beloved son. In you, he is well pleased. You have that blessing. Ephesians says we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Can we learn to bless ourselves, bless one another? Here's my question for you. What is one blessing you would like to give yourself or receive from another person? You know, actually, right before I did this episode, I was in my house. I said, Rebecca, I'm going to be sharing my story tonight. Would you bless me? She gave me a few words of affirmation and I came out here a little more ready to share. So if you have, if you have a blessing, maybe it's just a set of words that you need to hear. Type it in the chat. What is a blessing that you need to hear, especially when you're sexually triggered, especially when you're struggling? What truth will set you free? What blessing? Do you need to hear to be reminded that God is not mad at me? I'm not a lost cause. God still loves me. I'm wanted. I'm loved. I'm needed. I am enough. Love just the way I am. I'm strong. I'm affirmed, loved and accepted. I'm somebody worth knowing. God is proud of me. I'm new. I'm brave enough. I have nothing to prove. Hmm. I am worth the heaven that God is preparing for me. I'm a good guy and someone's actually proud of me. I'm not alone. Yes. When I read these statements, I feel a peace in my body. I feel aligned with who God is, with who I am. We always have a choice to curse or to bless. And I believe the core of porn is self-contempt. Yes, it's self-gratification in a way, gratifying the old self, not the new self. In the end, it's self-contempt, whereas freedom is blessing. Learning how to love myself with the love of God. Learning how to receive love from others. Open the gates. Choose to bless and be blessed. So we've talked about three choices. Avoid or attend. Consume or create curse or bless. And here's where it really gets spiritual, I think. When I'm in a place of cursing myself, I am actually choosing to betray the God who created me, the Father who loves me, the Son who died for me, the Spirit who lives in me. At any time in our lives, we have a choice. Am I going to betray the gospel or am I going to believe it? Am I going to believe what Jesus says about me? Am I going to believe what he's done for me? And by believe, I'm not just saying, am I going to intellectually agree with it? I think 
so many of us, almost all of us, intellectually agree with the truth of the gospel. That's very frustrating because the problem is we haven't been able to fully experience that truth in a way that transforms us. We're always on a journey of continuing to believe and be transformed by what we believe. So let me say it this way. Think of a tightrope, a high wire, and there's a performer carrying a wheelbarrow who's going to cross the tight wire with the wheelbarrow. The belief that I'm talking about is not saying, yeah, I believe he's going to make it across. I'm talking about getting in the wheelbarrow and allowing him to push you across the tightrope. That is faith. That is belief. So what does that look like for you? What does it look like for you to believe the gospel in your body, to experience it, to be transformed by it? I'll tell you what it looked like for me when I was 14 and 15 years old. It was just starting to read the word. It was just actually opening up the Bible and believing that, hey, this has something to say to me when I'm feeling these sexual urges and I feel like my body's on fire. God, what do you have to say to me? Just beginning to read, beginning to pray, beginning to call a friend, beginning to make these choices. And live as if the gospel is true. I think that's what it really means to believe it. Dallas Willard once said, behavior reflects belief 100% of the time. I think he's right. That what we believe is proved by what we do. So my question for you is, what does it actually practically look like for you to believe the gospel? How do you know when you're believing it? For me, this is really helpful to see how my choices are not just trying to earn some kind of status with God, but they're just responding to who he is and what he's done for me. It's not a performance. It's just my response to him. How will I respond? Am I going to betray the one who made me and loved me and lived for me and died for me and now lives in me and is coming back for me? Am I going to betray him or am I going to believe him? And if I believe him, what does that look like practically? Ullman said, I imagine he is looking at me and smiling that I am his champion. It's beautiful. It's another way of saying he's delighted in you. He's pleased with you. So for me, actually choosing to bless rather than curse is one of the most helpful responses to the gospel. All right, we got one more choice, guys. One more choice. You ready? The final choice of these five choices is lust or love. If I have decided to attend, to be present to whatever is going on in my life, and I have chosen to create and to connect as a response to that, instead of consuming something that's just going to lead down to porn in the end, to the curse. If I've chosen to bless myself and care for myself instead of curse, If I have chosen to believe the gospel, to believe God rather than betray him, then the natural outflow of that is love. Lust is self-centered. Love is self-giving. And this is something we talked about in a recent episode. This is something that I found so much healing and freedom in when I switched schools when I was 15 years old. Rather than passively sitting in this lunchroom, lusting after all these girls every day. 
I actually started sitting at the same table with them. I actually started talking to them and getting to know them and paying attention to them, blessing them in a small way. That was huge for me. It was a corrective experience. It was reversing the curse, just beginning to talk to girls. Felt like I had a middle school dating experience in high school and then a high school dating experience in college. And like my sexual development was just so far behind. At least that was my perception of it. That even when I was in middle school, I had an elementary school sexual experience. The point is for me and for you, Healing and freedom does not just look like self-contained obedience and faith and trust. It is an overflow into the lives of others. At any time, we can choose to love rather than lust. I once had a client who I've talked about in a previous episode who used to live right across the street from Harvard University And every day when he would walk to work, he would see all these beautiful people walking down the road. And when he saw them, he would say to himself, Lord, she is very beautiful. You created her. Please draw her to yourself. Or Lord, he is very beautiful. You created him. Please draw him to yourself. Do you see how it's it's not lustful? It's loving. It's not even just trying to stop lusting. It's actually taking our sexual desires, which are good, celebrating them and putting them where they belong into Christ-like love. So last question tonight, what does it look like for you to choose love rather than lust? It could be love with a spouse. It could be love with a friend. It could be love with a family member. It could be love with a child. I'll tell you for me, getting distracted on my phone, avoiding and consuming Rather than attending, rather than connecting with my child, that's something I'm working on right now. I'm working on becoming present. All right, so here's some of the stuff that you guys were saying. What does it look like to love? Helping others who struggle with mental illness, being brave enough to go first. Absolutely, that is loving. That's giving someone else the gift of going second. Accepting that I am loved by the Father and showing that love to others. Yes. To listen and support my wife when she's processing anxiety. Yes to be the father I wanted to have, to give my life for others like Jesus, to be present, to pursue a more intimate relationship, to be encouraging and praying for others. Yes, that's actually something we're doing in our Facebook group and in our private community and in Husband Material Academy. When you go on there and reply to somebody's post and encourage them and support them and affirm them and bless them, we are choosing to get outside of ourselves. Isn't that part of the beauty of what we're creating here? We're creating a community where we're not just focused on ourselves. We are loving one another as brothers in Christ. Let's go. How good and pleasing it is when brothers dwell together in unity. I'll tell you one of the ways that my healing has overflowed into love is just doing this with you guys. Just being here on this episode. It's so life-giving to me and it's an overflow of what God has poured into my life. And tonight, it goes back to that dog who loved me. Man, I wonder how much of my heart has opened because of that dog. How much of my love for others has come from him. Blows my mind.
Yes. Choosing to serve others instead of objectify them. That's great. Spending time with my younger siblings and do what they want to do instead of just pushing them away. Yes. And also having boundaries and caring for yourself at the same time. It means trusting someone despite all my past hurt. It means learning to accept myself, care for myself, loving others. Knowing about and giving to someone without expectation of return. Beautiful. Complimenting others, lifting them up through the use of my words. And yes, we can do that in person and we can do that online and we're doing that all the time. And I'm so grateful for you guys who are doing that every day. Offering the affection I crave to others who need it. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're taking the thing that you're avoiding. Maybe it's loneliness and shame and fear. And then meeting that need for someone else. That's redemptive. That's so good. And we can't do that unless we stop avoiding and start attending. Unless we stop consuming and start creating and connecting. Unless we stop cursing and start blessing. Until we stop betraying and start believing. Stop lusting. Start loving. Do you see how wide open the possibilities are? How many more choices we have in our lives than to use porn? God has put such a banquet in front of us. Why are we settling for the scraps? Many of us believe that we deserve to be mistreated. I'm not good enough for that kind of life. A life of attending and creating and blessing and believing and loving. To you, my friend, I just want to say I'm with you. In the middle of that, thank you for showing up here and being present. And even you listening to this or watching this shows me that at some level you do believe that you are worth it. That you matter. Yes and amen. This is so good. So I have a closing poll here. Which of these five choices feels most important to you? I've given you five choices. Which one feels most important? Which one do you want to focus on? Which one do you want to prioritize? Which one do you feel like, hmm, that's one where I want to grow. Avoid or attend, consume or create, curse or bless, betray or believe, lust or love. I see votes coming in for each one. All of these are important and they all work together. This is such a helpful little diagnostic for self-awareness. You can ask yourself, am I avoiding or am I attending? Am I consuming or am I creating? Am I cursing or am I blessing? Am I betraying or am I believing? Am I lusting or am I loving? You know, consuming or creating is in the lead. I think we have some creative people here who need to get out their creative items and start doing some active, proactive stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have one more announcement before we leave, which is that husband material in 2021 is doing an online weekend retreat, which will be taking place on February 26th to 28th. It'll be led by Eddie Caparucci. We've got some awesome small group leaders who will be a part of it too. And I will be announcing that in the next couple of weeks. If you want to get notified, text me 805-398-6170. Or you can go and email me at drew at husbandmaterial.com or subscribe to emails. I want to keep you guys up to date on this. Thank you so much, everyone. Gentlemen, always remember, you are God's beloved sons, and in you, he's well pleased.